Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdberg Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the co-writers of the Frankenstein, the Unconquered comic series, Wells Thompson and Dalton Shannon, here to promote the Kickstarter for the comic's second issue. Welcome back, Wells. Welcome back, Dalton. Hey, thanks yeah, for nice to be back. back. Yeah. yeah. It's been uh, a second. What was that, Dalton? It's been a second. Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit. When when Jeff had contacted me and he sent me the info for Frankenstein Unconquered, I was confused because I was like, I already spoke to them. Why why do I speak to them again about the same project? <laughs> I didn't realize it was the second issue because I don't think you've yeah. listed one error. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, there's been a few Kickstarters in between. Yep. Yeah. It's also <laughs> we we usually list it as one through whatever issue it is that we're actually funding so that mm -hmm. people don't feel like they're being left out. So we want people to, to that haven't been on board with Frankenstein yet to go, oh, no, I can jump in on that. So. Okay, well, yeah, we'll get into what Frankenstein is about for people who are new. Yeah. But uh, outside my introduction, who is Wells sure. Thompson and Dalton Shannon in their own words? A mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sums it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are comic book writers. Uh, I'm... Personally, I'm uh, a writer from uh, Central Arkansas, uh, currently based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I mostly write stuff in the horror genre, sci-fi, or like magical realism, uh, or as I describe it, anything that I can uh, put tentacles in, I, I will probably write a story about. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I love writing comics. Uh, our big projects right now are Frankenstein the Unconquered, which we're about to talk about, and Mechaton, which is our, our other sci-fi series. Uh, and yeah, the two of us have been working together for too long, I'm going to go long. with. Uh, at least answer. five years we've been we've been plugging away at this. Uh, oh. But yeah, no, uh, comic writing duo uh, sometimes does our own solo stuff, but all the significant stuff is together. Yeah, I think we're fast approaching our 10th anniversary, Wells, of at least knowing each other. Of knowing each other, for sure. Yeah, we met in yeah. college. Uh, it's We met we met in uh, writing seminars in college. I actually met him through his wife first. Uh, we were just, like, hanging out as friends, uh, and we would get, like, uh, breakfast sometimes between classes. And then she just introduces me to this nerd, and, he's, and she goes, uh, oh, this is my boyfriend. Uh, he, he likes comic books. He writes comics. And I thought, gross. Uh, and then, and then it turned out uh, that he was on he was onto something. So, see that that's usually how it goes. It's gross, and then oh wait no wait, yeah. <laughs> that the time at my wife actually you know. <laughs> but. Uh, but um, for those who are new, right? What is Frankenstein the Unconquered about, and what should returning readers expect in this second chapter? Yeah, so uh, Frankenstein the Unconquered is uh, a, a love letter to all of the uh, the pulpy sci-fi horror action that you love, from uh, Conan the Barbarian to uh, Universal Monsters and uh, all the blood, guts, and swords in between. Um, we like to describe it as uh, if it's on a Megadeth album cover, it belongs in Frankenstein, uh, So it oh, and shiny covers as well. Uh, so if, oh, if it sounds metal, it's Frankenstein. Um, and so that first issue we, we brought, uh, we, yes, we literally had Frankenstein <laughs> murdering the stars as he descended back to earth, uh, which was a hell of an opener. And now going into issue two, we, uh, 
I won't say we're slowing things down, but we are um, we're kind of pulling the tension just a little tighter for uh, a little more closer personal kind of horror than the bombastic uh, energetic horror of the first one. Yeah. Yeah, Frankenstein as an overall story is a uh, kind of brutal revenge quest that explores the monster as it existed both in the original novel and in the adaptations, uh, like the famous Karloff and, and every other adaptation that he's had. We wanted to kind of find a version of that that, that marries those concepts uh, and explore some ideas of our own. Um, so the first issue goes over how he ended up in this in this kind of brave new world, this post-apocalyptic hellscape. Uh, and it starts out very cosmic, comes down to earth, gets very violent very quickly, uh, but explains how, like, kind of does a brief overview of how the original novel ended and how he got to the future by freezing in the Arctic, uh, and shows how violence is sort of in his nature and he, he has a very difficult time escaping it. Uh, number two uh, introduces two chief characters that we're going to be exploring further uh, as the series goes on, uh, The Bride of Frankenstein and The Wolfman. And mm -hmm. I, we have really exciting plans for, for all of it. And make no mistake, it is a sequel to the novel, so you've got homework to do. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> no, not. Absolutely, no. Please, we, please do not. No, no. If, if, before you sign away, there's no homework, though if you want to read no. the novel, it is very, it is very good. <laughs> you should. Everything you need to know about the novel, we give you, but it, mm -hmm. the novel's great. Uh-huh. Well, how has your creative process changed, if at all, from Frankenstein Neon Conquered, the first issue, to now promoting the second one? I think I've given Wells a few more aneurysms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's sort of a, a testament to how we write that we've gotten it. We've gotten it pretty solid. Like the, the creative process itself hasn't changed. I think we've just, uh, the more we've done this, the more we've learned to trust each other uh, and sort of uh, uh, lean on each other's creative input. Uh, so, and for, for that matter, uh, uh, the, cre the rest of the creative team's introduction. You know, when you're writing the first issue, you probably most people go into it without realizing like who the artist is going to be and how the team is going to make it look but now that we have something to look at on the page it's very clear what mary can do what dahlia maha can do with the material that we give them so i feel like if anything's changed it's that it's it's being able to to kind of go forward knowing that we can uh do some truly absurd things on the page. We have a uh, 12 panel spread that any other artist would have made look cluttered as hell, but uh, but Mary absolutely nails and, and makes a incredibly clear story that like these 12 panels could have been a comic in and of itself. <laughs> uh, and then on the next page turns around and, and does a double page spread that's even crazier. So, I guess what I'm saying is don't flex because then people come to expect it of you. And we are certainly going to expect that of, of Mary going forward. Um, yeah, the Frankenstein is just a series of flexes and I think that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think creatively 
it's just been like a growing of trust in the team mm -hmm. in the uh in our storytelling capabilities um and i think we're going to get meatier stories out of it going forward so yeah i think trust is the the word it's uh because when when you first start writing uh, as a, a unit, it's it's like you kind of want to to hold on to that baby that you wrote. And so if if ever I gave a script to Wells or vice versa, uh, we wouldn't want them to change too much. They're like, no, this is perfect. I want you to look at it, but I don't want you to edit it. And <laughs> and then I'm willing to put your name on the page if only right, you right, don't right. change anything and tell me it's perfect. <laughs> right, right. There's that there's that inherent kind of desire there, but as it goes forward, you get to see what the other is capable of, and you can see that it's just as good. It's even better when it comes back with a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of uh, of words on the page. Uh, so that that trust does build, and it makes it so much better than uh, it could have been by itself. Uh huh. Well, where did the idea uh, come from for Frankenstein to be the example? I guess, to utilize, to explore toxic masculinity. So Wells, you did mention um, just a few mm -hmm. minutes ago about how uh, Frankenstein is like inherently violent in, in a way. So, and I read the, I guess the release that was sent to me about how, I guess you all are using him as the example. So where did that mm -hmm. come from? Well, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a literature nerd. That's what my degree is in. Uh, and I've, I've always loved the the original novel. And I think that those threads are very much there in that original source material. Uh, and that starts with Victor Frankenstein. Like he is a just selfish man child that does not uh, like to accept the consequences of his own actions. And if ever, ever there was a book that was like Sins of the Father to Sins of the Son, it would be Frankenstein, uh, even though he wants to, you know, Victor is kind of the, the, the main uh, voice that we're hearing the story through. But even through his own like biased narration, we can get the sense that these traits kind of came from him, this, this kind of inherent uh, violent tendency that, that the monster has. Uh, yeah, it, and the novel does a really good job of kind of muddying the waters on, on who like the internal characters that are characteristics that they have. But if you just look at their actions, the monster feels spurned certainly, but also doesn't have any problem with murder, with revenge, with really cutthroat bloodthirsty tactics to get what he wants. Uh, he, like he kills uh, Victor's brother just on essentially a suspicion that he's related to Victor and uh, kills his wife because in his eyes, uh, Victor spurned him and, and destroyed the only chance that he would have at a relationship. So why should Victor get that as well? Uh, and the relationship that they have kind of passes back and forth that that violent tendency, one wrongs the other and then goes back and forth uh, until they both ruin each other's lives. Uh, so that carrying forward, like when he finds himself a fresh set of circumstances, we really gave Frankenstein's monster the best possible shot in this comic because uh, when he arises from the ice when he thaws out it's in a future where no one knows who he is <clears throat> everyone is mutated everyone is kind of hideous no one's even really initially that scared of him despite the fact that he is huge and stitched together uh, they accept him and he tr like he gets everything he wants he, he he's finally accepted but I think when push comes to shove 
he's the kind of character that is going to act on violent impulses rather than try and reason things through. He sees people as a tool more than he sees them as friends or as as things to empathize with. Uh, and that's not true of everyone, but it is, I think, I, I think that logic is borne out in the novel and we wanted to explore that here. Uh, he has a very kind of self-sufficient, the world has spurned me so I don't need the world kind of mentality. And we wanted to see the logical place that that takes it to uh, when you push it further and further. And that's kind of the cool thing to do in in this kind of like science fiction, horror, fantasy world is you can push it to the absolute limit where he's toppling kingdoms and getting exiled to the stars. And uh, we can see the, the true like violence conclusion that that leads to where he's friendless and left a, a bloody scar on the earth. And uh, and it comes back to bite him. I think is, in in it just keeps coming back to bite him, and that's sort of the yeah. the recurring theme of the the story, of our story anyway. Yeah, uh, and it's really cool when you take all of that built in uh, uh, theming for the the character of Frankenstein's monster, who uh, heretofore we're calling Frankenstein, right? Like we can all agree it's Frankenstein. So here's here's my argument. Um, this is a tangent, but here's my argument. Uh, whether or not the monster likes Victor, he sees Victor as his father. Frankenstein is Victor's last name. His name is Frankenstein. The monster's it's name Frankenstein, is Frankenstein. Guys, don't be pedantic. <laughs> but uh, but we take the the trappings there, and then we shove them into uh, kind of a, a genre known for its uh, escapist, toxic masculinity vibes in pulps and uh even even in some cases metal uh where this uh, a lot of the time the genre is used as a power fantasy or uh as a, just a way for strong white cis dudes to just have power over the world uh and putting a character like frankenstein in those trappings to really and with those trappings get a chance to explore all of the insane pulp uh shtick of like riding rockets or slaying monsters or conquering kingdoms or continents uh like literally conan the barbarian is that and then you put frankenstein's monster in it, it it's a perfect vehicle to uh to kind of explore and pick apart uh the very idea of masculinity itself whether toxic or otherwise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are examples, I should say, like it's we're not just picking, we're not saying all toxic like masculinity is inherently toxic. Right. There are examples. For example, I think the Wolfman uh oh, like Larry. has his like Larry has his failings, and I love that character. But on the whole, he is a very like kindly optimistic character, and he acts as a really important foil to Frank in a lot of ways. Um he definitely has his like his I, I think the thing that gets him in the most trouble is that uh he does occasionally fall into uh that sort of like way that the world is of well everything is wrong so i should you know i have to act violently as well <clears throat> but that's usually the thing that that gets him in trouble he's usually wrong for it uh and i i think his voice is a really important counter to uh frankenstein's which is extremely pessimistic and extremely uh uh what's the word i'm looking for uh it's mechanistic yeah he he like i said he views people as a tool he if it's not and Larry uh, more than it's, others 
Oh God, poor Larry. <laughs> um, yeah, not to spoil the end of of chapter two, but uh, it does not end well for Larry, and it will not. It will continue to not end well for Larry um, as we go forward. Um, but yeah, no, he Frank is Frank is used to using people and has a very negative outlook on life, and I think uh, it's important to show that one like other voices exist and two when you ignore those voices it gets worse um yeah the part of the power fantasy is sort of being a lone wolf but being a lone wolf especially in this world is strictly a negative uh-huh. well throughout this whole process it can be on this project it could be on megaton it could have been on the previous uh issue um do you or did all of you ever get overwhelmed does it ever become too much? And when it does, how do you typically manage your mental well being? So it, it well, may not you... even be. So it may not even be on these projects. It can be something. It can be you know just separate the project itself and be like okay, your home life, work, you know, managing yeah. relationships with well, people and whatnot. We've so, uh, this has just turned into a therapy session for Wells. Oh uh, boy! So we're just going to to keep that going. Yeah. <laughs> I do charge by the hour. Where do we start? Oh my god! Uh, I think I think Dalton uh, both gets to and is able to manage it a little bit better than I do. Um, it, like we both work day jobs, so the the time trappings even of just finding time to write can be stressful. I think both of us have found a pretty good balance as far as doing that. Mm-hmm. But when you add on, at the very top least, of it, the creative process is fine. Yeah, for that, for the most part, it is sometimes frustrating, I'll say, not being able yeah. to find that time when you're balancing it with all of the other stuff I'm about to bring up. Oh, um, but when you add on top of it, the financial stress of like, you know, working with artists that are truly magnificent and, and we're privileged to be able to work with them, but make no mistake, they cost a lot of money. Uh, and you know, having the pressure of, well, if we're going to make this, we have to crowdfund, and that involves a lot of pre-planning, that involves a lot of uh, micromanaging, uh, fulfillment, obviously, so, like, we're we're effectively both the writer and the publisher, uh, at least until, you know, another publisher comes and picks it up. Um, Yeah, no, it's, it's marketing. (laughs) <laughs> marketing yeah you're you're i'm i effectively have to to be like the world's greatest social media manager to make a to make a kickstarter happen uh and it's it's incredibly stressful mm-hmm. um i think the story itself is is where i find the most refuge because when i find like this i, I showed off the comic on camera sorry for anyone listening to this on a on an audio stream uh or an audio platform but uh, when I actually like came home and I, I saw that it was here and I put it in my hands and just flipped through it and saw how good of a job the printing had done and how beautiful it made the art look and how well it had all come together, that made me like that took down everything <laughs> to a really, really uh, uh, just made it all worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that helps me a lot. The satisfaction of of telling the story. Of, of writing the story as well. Even though editing can be really stressful, is that is still like a drop in the bucket compared to everything else. Um, and I'm also really, I am, will say, I'm, I'm lucky to have uh, A, a pretty good like financial security. Um, you know, I'm not 
I'm not swimming in money or anything, but it's, I don't have to worry about much in terms of finances, which is great. And, and a lot of people don't have that. And I am thankful for it every day. Uh, and then also I, uh, have a really good and healthy relationship with my wife and that makes me very happy and that's always a place that I can go to but uh but I think the thing that that's kind of that makes me the most overwhelmed is that it's just a lot it's just a lot of stuff to do to make mm -hmm. it happen it is and I always feel so terrible because we're, we're separated <laughs> from huge distances and so especially when fulfillment time comes around all that stuff gets dropped on wells and I'm like dude I'm here what do you need? And he's like, you're in Wisconsin. What can you do? <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying, dude. I'm trying. All right. Well, my last question for you two, um, it's pretty much the same as it was last time, is what is your idea of success? And has it evolved from the last time you spoke? Um, I'd have to review whatever I said last time I was on here. But uh, I mean, so what is it, at, what is it at now? This sure. No, no. I Like, I don't. Uh, I'm sure it hasn't changed much. My, what I want, ultimately what I want is just to be able to do this, to not worry about uh, like another job that gives me healthcare and benefits and whatnot. And just like be able to drop all of that and do comics long-term. Uh, but I mean, success to me is people reading the book. That's, that's really what I care most about. Uh, and if, if we never get to a point where I have, where I'm like completely financially independent on comics alone, that's fine. Like it'll suck, but it's fine. I'm still going to make the stories uh, as long as people are reading them. That's what I care most about. Um, and I guess on top of that, like <laughs> the added layer of success is if a publisher comes along and says, Hey, we really want to publish this. That would be really, really cool. Uh, we have gotten that with Mechaton, which is fantastic. Uh, Scout Comics is is publishing Mechaton, and we are really, really excited to be working with them. Um, and maybe, maybe one day it'll happen with uh, with Frankenstein. I, who knows? But uh, yeah, no. To to me, that's that's it. I just want people to read the books. Mm -hmm. As for this side of the coin, um, I don't. Success hasn't changed too much in my eyes. Um, I. All I've ever wanted to do is comics. So uh, if I was able to do this full time, that's you know that's the dream. But uh, success always it always feels like a success just when like the book is made. Like uh, I, I love when people can can read it and uh, experience it, and uh, you know I get to send that little message from my brain into somebody else's. That, that's always cool, but uh, I'm a little selfish with success. So like, as long as the book is here, like it's made, it's it's done. Like that that's success to me. Uh, having, a, having the ability to do all of that and still maintain healthy relationships and have a, a balance in life, that's success to me. I don't... I, I don't need the the best selling book on the stands as long as I can just keep making books and keep living a, a life like that. That's all I've ever really wanted. And uh -huh. so far, I I'd say so far, uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, I I feel successful even though I'm not doing it full time like it. I would like to. It's still success. I my view hasn't changed too much. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else? The other of you want to touch on about Frankenstein the Unconquered as a whole that I may have missed? Did you want to 
discuss rewards for potential backers or are there any cons that either of you are attending to promote? Um, I guess that I guess that will be the first issue and then Megaton as well. I so I'm actually weekend. going to uh, yeah I'm going to Arkansas Comic Con uh, this I don't know when this uh, when this is actually going to be on the air but uh, the 10th and 11th I believe or maybe it's the 11th and 12th but one or the other I will be at Arkansas Comic Con which is uh, in my hometown of Little Rock so that'll be really nice uh, and we'll be we'll be selling this book um, and then we have a couple more I know we'll I know Dalton's going to be in Milwaukee I'm going to be in Clarksville and Bowling Green uh, in the coming months so if you're anywhere near those areas absolutely September come by. 24th is Milwaukee and we'll have yeah. Frankenstein there yeah, and then like I think it's October second and October twenty some odd, twenty first or something like that is is uh, Bowling Green and Clarksville respectively. Um, as far as the Kickstarter goes, uh, we have we actually are kind of restructuring how we do our rewards because we want it to be more accessible to our uh, backers. So instead of charging more for the variant, we're just going to give people a choice between the regular cover and the variants uh, with the physical copy. Uh, we, we are also, we're also gonna include a uh, third uh, cover, which is a not safe for work cover that Flops is doing, uh, the UK artist he, who does uh, very pinup style things. Um, that's something we've never done before, but we wanted to experiment with it. And we feel like this is a good property to, to try it with. Um, we also have a, yeah, we, we've lowered the prices on our upper tiers, uh, including you can get everything, everything that we offer that's Frankenstein related for, I believe, $85 in the first weekend, which is 15% off and then an additional 20% off for the first three, 72 hours that thing is live. Uh, so We're a big discount there. Uh, We're also bringing back it, the adopt a page from Megaton. Yeah. And then last, yeah, our last campaign, we tried a, uh, a pretty well-received feature called the Adopt-A-Page, uh, which allows you to, A, officially say, I've adopted this page. You, uh, get, uh, a, you get credit on the book that says that, like, you own this page. Uh, and then you get, uh, uh, as, as well as, like, all of the uh, comics that we can throw at you, you get a uh, custom, one-of-a-kind print uh, of the page in your home that looks really, or uh, that's really, really nice. It's a 11 by 17 that we're going to send to you. Uh, so you get like physical proof that you have the page as well. That's pretty cool. With that, yeah. Since all of our, our artists that we work with work digitally, we wanted to like include a way to, to buy, you know, original pages without obviously, uh, <laughs> There's no real way to uh, to have like digital ownership except through mm -hmm. the the thing we're not going to mention because it's a scam. Uh, <laughs> so we wanted we were thinking about like obviously this is anxious like people are clamoring for something like this. So uh, so far it's been it's been very well received. Uh, I don't know if we're going to sell all 20 pages, but that would be really cool if we did. Uh, <laughs> and then we have uh, commissions as well. Mary Landro uh, is a fantastic. I mean, all you have to do is take one look at the the book and you know, uh, she's an absolutely fantastic artist. She's really good at character drawings, especially those like image comics, like 90s style, like Spawn and Ghost Rider and things like that. Uh, 
looks at i'm not saying ghost rider is image i just want to throw that out there i know i'm just saying that style You're, of character you so are good. getting eaten alive out there <laughs> <laughs> no but she's she's absolutely fantastic and uh she has i believe four commission slots open that she's she's reserving for us for this campaign so if you uh want some original art uh, i can't think of a better place to uh to to pick it up then on the uh, then on the Frankenstein the Unconquered number two campaign, uh, also Which launches yeah. the twenty second. No, it launches the nineteenth. Oh, we changed that now. Okay. Yeah, Monday the nineteenth. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, I did want to briefly mention uh, Kaylin Smith is going to be doing the variant cover. So H uh, Heather Vaughn is our main cover artist, and she does really fantastic like uh, Frazetta style uh, covers for for Frankenstein that look really, really rad. Uh, and then if you like Kaylin Smith, who you should, because she's fantastic. Uh, she, we, we met her at Planet Comic-Con in Kansas City and she agreed to do a cover for us, which looks really, really, really good. So I believe- And the, uh, the pre-launch link is live now, right? The pre-launch link is live, yes. So you can uh, sign up to be notified on launch if it hasn't already launched by the time this goes live. I think it will be by the time it goes. I think it should be given like, I think two weeks. So yeah, I think the nineteenth. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll probably come up right as it's right as it's going live. So uh -huh. that means you can you can go and uh, support it right now and probably get the early bird rewards, which are which I forgot to mention, but twenty percent off of just about everything in the first seventy two hours. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm All right. Well, again, I want to thank the co-writers of the Frankenstein, the Unconquered comic series, Wells Thompson and Dalton Shannon for joining us here today to promote the Kickstarter for the comic second issue. I highly recommend our listeners to consider backing Frankenstein, the Unconquered chapter two and or purchase the first issue if they can. All of Wells and Dalton's socials and Kickstarter link will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested. Again, I am K.S. Garner and you've been listening to the Solo Nerd Podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much.